Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. All right, all right. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Yeah? Oh, I got an excellent over here. They must have had good coffee this morning. Um, Hey, we're stoked that you're here. Whether you're here in the room with us today or you're watching online, welcome to all of you online uh, folks. And we have some who will watch this during the week on our website and then even some who will listen to our podcast at some point down the road. So wherever you are out there in the universe, um, we're, we're glad that you chose to hang out with us for a little bit. My name is Tim, if we haven't met yet, and I'm part of the team here. And um, I just want to let you know, I have, I have a full array up here, like water, throat lozenges. I've got like oxygen. I've got, no, I don't have oxygen. But um, I've got a whole array over here. We're, my family is just coming out of, of, of being sick. So if I start coughing uncontrollably, I'm just going to hand it over to Chris Matley, <laughs> He's going to wrap it up in however God leads him to do it, and I'm going to go um, upstairs and cough it out. So uh, <clears throat> anyway, I don't think it's going to happen today, but hey, we're super excited to, to have you here. And um, you know, I was, I was, uh, this week as I was preparing to be here, I was reminded of a story in my family. Now, I don't know how it is for you, but y- you know, you can go in these stores. You know the stores that have signs that have like, like little sayings on them, and people buy them and they put them in their homes, like, like you know, live, laugh, love, you know, kind of thing, like those kinds of signs. Um, there's, a, <clears throat> there's a sign that I really, really relate with, and, it, and, and you can buy this at these stores, and it says, remember, as far as anyone knows, we're a normal family. Right? How many of you can relate to that sign? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you putting both hands up. I get it. Um, So I want to tell you this story of of when the veneer was just stripped away on my family. So our kids were younger, and um, I'm from Chicago, right? And so uh, we decided we're going to take the kids to Chicago, right? We want them to experience Navy Pier and the goodness of God that is deep dish, Lou Malnati's pizza, and, and Chicago-style hot dogs, right, which is a meal in and of itself, this thing. And, um, and so we wanted to raise them up in the way of the Lord. So we're like, let's take them to Chicago. So it just so happened that uh, that was the 20th anniversary, I think, 20th anniversary of when I graduated high school. And so we weren't having like a reunion or anything, but there were some people who have sort of kept in touch over the years and we're like, hey, let's get together at our friend's house who still lives in Chicago. And so um, let's just hang out, you know, let's, let's hang out for a couple hours. And so we gathered up some people who we went to school with <clears throat> and we get there. And uh, so it's all the adults were sitting in this like this large living room and all the furniture is sort of around the outside of the room. So we're almost like in this, in this like circle. And the kids are out playing. And, um, <clears throat> and so we're just chilling, right? We're just getting caught up with everybody, you know, and trying to put 
our best face on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you see people like that you grew up with or whatever, you know, you know, you want to look like you like learned something in the last 20 years. Like, like you did something, you know, worthwhile in the last 20 years. So you're sitting there and you're, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're aware of like all that stuff. And as we're sitting there talking, one of my children decides, <clears throat> never, they've never done this before. They've never done this since. But one of my children decides that they're, gonna, they're just going to liven up the, the, the party, right? And so we're all sitting around on, these, on this furniture, just chilling, just, you know, as adults. And from this side of the room, I see movement. And one of my children, I'm not going to tell you who it was, runs into the middle of the room. And we're all just kind of sitting around. Runs into the middle of the room, and I, I will say it's, I'll say he, he runs in, so you know it's not my daughter Summer, if you know, if you know, and you wouldn't have thought this would be her anyway. One of my sons runs into the middle of the room, does a somersault, and I'm watching this happen, and I'm like, what, what's happening right now? He, he times it so that when he gets to the end of the somersault and he's back up on his feet, he goes like this. Now, I'm going to warn you, this is going to be a little loud, okay? So just brace yourselves. So he does a summer picture, this somersault. He comes into the middle of the room, and, he's, and he comes to the end, and he stands up, and he goes, woo, just like this. And then he just turns around, no, no expression. He just turns around, and he walks right back out, just coming, and he's gone. And Nicole and I are like, whose child, whose Whose kid is that? Like, who, who does not have a handle on their kids? Somebody needs to discipline that child. What is happening? And on the inside, we're just like mortified. We're just like, oh my goodness, what is even happening here? And so then we're able to say to everybody, well, all right, all right. So this is how it went. We went this direction, and now you know. This, this, is, this is our family. And so... Congrats on your perfect family and your kids that have it all, who have it all together, but uh, this is us. This is us. How many of you guys, if we spent five minutes in your home, yeah, oh no, yeah, you might feel like, oh boy, oh boy, here we go. Um, you might go out and buy that sign now. As far as everyone knows, we're a normal family. You know, we're in a culture where we are obsessed with how we look. Now, obviously, I'm not very obsessed with how I look. But as a culture, we, we generally, we want to present well, right? Every picture on social media, um, all of it, right? We, we, don't, we don't want people to see our mess, right? Your house is never as clean as it is 10 minutes before somebody's coming over. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't, we don't want to present well. We don't post pictures on social media unless they're good. Right? Like, like you know, Nicole and I are posting pictures from, like, Oahu, and we're, like, hashtag, try not to be jealous, you know. But we're not posting pictures, like, selfies of us with tears streaming down our, our, our face, having just been in a knockdown, drag-out argument, you know, hashtag, we hope our marriage makes it another day. 
right? Like, we don't do that. We, we put our best foot forward. We try to look good. We try to smell good. We try to, like, like do all the things, right? We, we do all these things to present ourselves. The truth of the matter is that the way of Jesus, following after Jesus, is all about sort of pulling back the veneer. You might remember, for those of you who have been with us, we started out this journey being found in the way, is what we're calling it. We started out this journey, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, and right out of the gate, right out of the gate, the teaching of Jesus in his most famous sermon ever, his core teaching. Like, if you want to know the heart of Jesus, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, which we're exploring all year long, is it. This is it. And one of the, the very first teaching out of his mouth is, blessed are the, are the poor in spirit. And we talked about how that means the poverty of spirit. Blessed are those who recognize their need for God. Now, you don't recognize your need for God unless you peel back the layers and expose your need. Right? It's one of the most challenging things that you and I do as human beings is admit our need for help, right? I will spend hours trying to do something by myself just so I don't have to call somebody and inconvenience them to come and help me do something, right? I'll spend hours trying to convince people that I have it all together while on the inside I'm desperate to have an honest conversation with somebody to say I'm falling apart. The truth be told, if, I, if, 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 I, if we could sit and talk, I would tell you about, you know, every area of my life that I feel like I have need in. And I crave that as a human being. But oftentimes, how many of you, is, that's a regular practice for you. Don't raise your hands. But how many of you, do you have a regular practice of sitting with somebody and talking about the areas in your life that are not perfect, that need help? For most of us, we rarely, if ever, have those conversations. The way of Jesus, however, is different. The way of Jesus looks under the surface. And this is what we're going to be talking about here today. In fact, when you look up here on the screen, this is a great picture of what our lives actually look like, right? Now, if we were above the surface looking out, you know, maybe on a boat or on an island or something, and we look out at what's above the surface, right? We're taking pictures of it, right? It's a very cool picture from above the surface. And we love to do that with our lives. Meanwhile, the bulk of our lives is below the surface. The vast majority of our lives is below the surface. And so today, we're going to explore the teachings of Jesus when it relates, as it relates to lifting up the lid and getting down up under there. So this might be a little uncomfortable today. Just a little heads up, a little uncomfortable. Because anytime we lift things up and expose things, it's not easy. Like you want to really get to know somebody? Go help them move. Right? That's real. That's real. I mean, not only do you, because, you know, in the franticness of moving, you don't, like, like, move your couches clean behind them and then move them back, right? You're too busy, right? So people pull out your couch, and there's, you know, years of life 
you know, up under there. You don't vacuum the cushions, right, before you move. And so there's years of life in there. And if you have kids, there's so much stuff that's under there, right? And then, speaking of being under there, um, you know, you ever been in a situation where you're helping somebody move and they take out the drawers or the dresser and you accidentally grab the wrong drawer, you know what I'm saying? And you don't need to be seeing what's in that drawer. And so you're like, oh, Lord Jesus, our relationship just went to a different level that I can never speak about. <laughs> and so you just look at the person you're helping move and there's an understanding as you lock eyes, we will never speak of this moment again. We'll also never look each other in the eyes again, and, and our relationship has shifted, right? When we start to lift things up and get up under there, it's challenging. But the way of Jesus looks under the surface. It has to. You can't enter a relationship with Jesus unless you get under the surface and acknowledge your need for him. On the outside, I can, I can make it look like I've got it all together. I always have all the answers. I always have a, a word of wisdom. I always have it together. I always make the best decisions. But if you dissected my life, you would see that's not true at all. And unless I acknowledge my need, lift the cover and acknowledge my need up under it, I'll never have a relationship with Jesus. And so when Jesus says to us, I've come so that you may have life, life to the full, life to the max, the abundant life, you don't get that unless you expose the inner parts of your life and let Jesus bring health and wholeness and healing to those places. And so to the degree of which you will open up your life and your heart and your inner core to the person in the work of Jesus is the degree to which you will experience his presence, his power, his strength, his peace, all the things that the Holy Spirit wants to give you, the fruit of the Spirit. So today we're going to invite you to peel back the layers a little bit and allow Jesus to sort of get up in there. And if you'll do it, if you'll do it, if you'll take the journey if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to do that today, God will do something special in your life. And so we're going to jump in. All right, you guys, here we go. So we're in Matthew chapter 5, and we've been at this now since the start of the year. We have a little bit, I think we're going to carry this through until Easter Sunday, which is just around the corner. Can you believe it? Um, and then uh, we'll start a new series right after Easter and we'll pick this back up a little bit later in the year. It's going to be awesome. But we're right in verse 21, right in verse 21. So here we go. Matthew 5, uh, verse 21. Jesus teaches this. He says, You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. All right. Everybody in agreement with that teaching of Jesus so far? Don't murder. Anybody, anybody feel like they need to make a case for murder? And you're like, Tim, you don't know my spouse? You know? Um, I grew up in a family uh, of divorce. Literally every single branch of my family tree has divorce in it. Every branch. And so uh, for my brother and I, as we became adults and got married, we said, this stops with us. And so while that sounds super great and spiritual and kind of all whatever you might think of that statement, uh, the reality is, Nicole and I joke about this sort of, 
Um, divorce, no. Death, hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I will not get divorced in this life, but there are times when I may not make it much longer in this life um, <clears throat> based on what I'm doing. So, you know, most of us agree with where Jesus, this is one of the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not murder. We're, we're in agreement with that. So the next verse says this. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Oops. Yikes. Okay, all right. So the same judgment? Like murder and being angry with somebody? Like that, that doesn't seem right. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court, and anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Whoa. Like, there's a, there's a, a movie I won't name because I don't want to endorse it, but with a broadcaster who, after a big, huge fight where people, like, died, he sits back and he says, well, that got out of hand quickly. <laughs> um, that, that got out of hand quickly right there. Jesus, he states the obvious, don't kill somebody, but then he equates being angry with somebody, calling them a fool, and this word raka. Now, raka, if you're not familiar with that phrase, if you don't use that phrase on a daily basis, um, here's what that means. It's, 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 almost a, uh, it's, it's almost a word that cannot be translated in the English language. Because it's not so much a word. Now, you might think that's like, like, like you, just, you just learned like an ancient curse word. Um, you know, this is not like the Hebrew version of, you know, the F-bomb or something. Uh, you know, don't get excited about that. Uh, no, this is, a, this is almost untranslatable because it's not as much a word that you utter, but a, a, a sense of your being. It's an emotion. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, now you may call somebody a fool or something else, um, but have you ever just, just, just looked at somebody with anger and disgust in your, in your spirit? Like, like you're just like, you may not have actually uttered a word or even thought a word, but just in your spirit, you're like, that, 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 that person's an idiot. Like, I have no patience for that person. Did he ever, he ever, oh man, Jesus now goes down this road where he says, yes, it's not okay to murder. It's also not okay to want to murder, right? It's, it's not okay to, to, to be angry with a brother or sister, to speak against them, to, and he equates it with the fires of hell. Like that's a dramatic, dramatic statement to be making, Jesus says. In this passage, Jesus is, is doing two things. He's teaching us at a literal level and a figurative level, right? So let's start with the literal. Let, let's talk about anger. And some of you are like, oh, man, I picked the wrong Sunday to hang out here at Hope Church. Let's talk about anger. Let's talk about the literal level, and then we'll come back to the figurative level. When anger wells up inside of us, what do we do with it? This is important, right? Because Jesus here is equating anger, the wrong kind of anger, right, with hell. Like you're in danger of hell when you have that kind of anger. So how do we handle anger? 
First of all, let's recognize this, and this is going to be up on the screen. Ephesians 4 says this, in your anger, do not sin. It's possible that we can have anger and not sin, right? Now watch this, colon, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. This is one of the first steps of how we handle anger in the way of Jesus. Jesus says, listen, when anger wells up inside of you, that in and of itself is not a sin, right? Are you, are you in agreement with me on that? The fact that I experience anger welling up within me is not a sin. The, the fact that, I, um, the fact that, that, that I, I look at a beautiful woman, right, and in my mind and heart acknowledge her beauty is not sin. It's what I do with that thought, that either de that determines whether or not I go down a sinful route with that thought or I go down a godly, holy, healthy route, right? The same goes with anger. And so in this verse, Ephesians 4, we see in your anger do not sin, colon, here's how you do that. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And so one of the, one of the facets of anger that we know is true in the Bible is that when you hold on to anger and let it take root in your heart, it will become sin. It will turn into sin. If you'll take that anger and release it, though, as quickly as you possibly can, certainly within the same day before you go to bed, right, then you remove any question that that anger can become rooted in your life. You let it go. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Here's what we're going to explore today. When anger surfaces, the first thing that we do is we dive deeper. You know, this picture here, this picture, when anger surfaces, picture the, the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg being anger in your life. When anger surfaces in your life, here's the first thing that you need to do is dive deeper under the surface. Begin to ask yourself things like this. Ask yourselves questions like this. Holy Spirit, help me to see this person, this situation, myself, like you see it. So in order to do that, you've got to be able to first step back from a situation and begin to process spiritually. You ask questions like this. What's going on in this person's life for them to act like this? Like, like, like when I begin to merge into another lane and I have a blind spot and I don't, and, and, but I eventually I see there's another car there so I quickly come back into my own lane, right? So it's just, it was just like a, uh, like a quick, just like right back. Like I didn't cut somebody off and they had to swerve off the road, right? I just like came back. But they come up next to me and they're like double barrel, you know, like, you know, F you and kind of, you know, da, 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 and there's so and you can see the rage in their face and in their eyes. And you're like, what is happening in your life that like a little like, whoosh, whoosh, you didn't even have to like tap on your brakes, right? And you just carried through, but it triggered this response that was so over the top, did not match the situation. What is going on in somebody's life that they're doing that? 
people might be asking the same of you in their hearts and minds if they're healthy and they're whole and they're trying not to just react in anger all the time. They might be asking about you. What is going on in someone's life? Whenever somebody responds that quickly, that furiously in anger, it's the tip of the iceberg. There's so much that's going on under the surface. And so we ask questions like that. We ask questions like this. What's going on in my own life that's causing me to react this way? The other, the other day, I'm uh, just going to you know, kind of you know, get real with you here. Hopefully, I'm always real when I'm up here, right? I'm, hopefully, I'm not like trying to fake it. Um, but I was sitting down, and um, I was trying to relax, and um, I was watching like the Warriors game or something. Nicole came in, and then she asked me a question. It was a normal question. I don't, even, I don't even know what she asked me, but it was just a normal question. And I turned without even thinking, and I, like, snapped at her. Like, I mean, I wasn't, like, violent with her or anything. I just, but I, like, and I, like, snapped at her. And then she was, like, sheesh, and she walked on, and I turned my head back. And all of a sudden, I was, like, it just, like, hit me in my heart. I was, like, what, what, what even, what was that? Like, how, what, how? why did that come out, right? And I sat there for a minute. I just started praying and thinking about it and asking God, like, what's going on in my heart right now that I would just, like, snap that quickly at, like, a question that didn't deserve that? And even if it did deserve it, now, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's okay if it deserved it. But what's going on in my heart and in my mind? And if I'm going to do that, I've got I've to take the time to sort of dive deep, Dive deep and look below the surface. And this is the heart of Jesus. This is what he's doing when he says, if you get angry with somebody and even in your own heart and mind wish them evil or, or have bad intent for them or, or even internally you have these things, you're, you're, you're threatened with, with the punishment of hell. Here, here's another question. God, where does your love fit into this situation? another question to ask as you step back and you dive deep. Okay, God. So what I want to do is I want to be able to see this situation, that person, my heart, everything that's around us from your perspective. What's happening here? When Nicole responds to me in a way that I feel like my, you know, comment or whatever was a normal, normal, like normal, just a normal everyday comment, and she responds harshly to me, I have to start thinking about, okay, what part, like, like, what is wounded in her that is causing her to sort of lash out in pain uh, directed at me? God, would you help me to see what's happening there? Can I, have, have I, God, in my heart and in my mind, like have I, have I created a situation where she's responding now because of the way that I've been treating her? God, what is my responsibility? What is my 1%? I had a mentor who, who would always say to me, Tim, in any situation, you need to always ask yourself, what's my 1%? What is my role in this? What have I done that has caused this? It's a good, healthy question. So we dive deep. This is our first step. Now, 
Once, we've once we have gone deep, here's the second step. We don't want to delay making it right. We don't want to delay kicking anger out the door. And here's what Jesus says. Here's our next verse. Therefore, verse 23, if you are offering your gift at the altar. Now, now here's what I want to communicate to you about this. This is church. So for all of you who are sitting here, all of you who are watching, all of you who are listening to the podcast, this is church. Jesus now is going directly at you who are part of the church. As part of the church, if you are offering your gift at the altar, now we don't have people come and like offer gifts at the altar. If you want to offer me a gift when I'm up here, I will gladly take it. But that's not our typical practice, right? And if you aren't familiar with the altar, this we would commonly refer to as the altar area within a church in today's culture um, because we direct our praise. We, we sort of we speak truth from this physical place right here. We, we sing truth from this physical place right here. And so uh, there, there was a day, I grew up in churches like this, where, where we had what we called an altar call. And at the end of every service, we invited people to come forward for prayer, to say yes to Jesus. And it was a very public display of your commitment. You had to like be committed back in those days. Like you were stepping out in front of everybody and coming forward and coming to the altar. Jesus says, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Now, this isn't you have something against them. They have something against you. It goes both ways. Leave your gift there. Now, now notice the urgency Jesus is teaching. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. Like, your gift, like whatever you're bringing, leave it there. First, go and be reconciled to the person. Then come and offer your gift. You know, for a lot of us, we walk into this place and we bring with us lots and lots of unresolved anger, resentment, bitterness, hurt. And we wonder why week after week after week after week, we don't hear from God maybe like we used to. Now Jesus is pulling back pulling back the covers, you guys, and he's going deep. He's going deep. We shouldn't come. We shouldn't come in here and have unconfessed areas in our life and unconfessed sin in here that we're harboring. We know we're harboring and expect God to do something deep and significant in our life. We can hold back the movement of God in our lives because we hold on to things that we were not that we're not supposed to be holding on to. There's a reason why Jesus teaches us if you come into church and you have something against somebody, somebody has something against you, there's some sort of thing there, it's better for you to leave church. This is not a good time to get up and go to the bathroom right now. It's better for you to leave church and go make it right and come back and worship than it is for you to pretend on the surface 
like everything's okay. Meanwhile, underneath, there's all kinds of ungodly, unhealthy, unholy things going on. Now, there's a fine line that we walk in the statement I just made. God welcomes all. Come as you are, right? But don't stay as you are. So come as you are and go through your process. But listen, if it's week after week after week after week, month after month, year after year for some, and you're still holding on to these things, this bitterness, this unforgiveness, this whatever it is, this sin in your life that you won't give up, Jesus would say, let it go. Today's your day. Today's the day that you get to let that thing go and operate in the fullness of all that he has for you. Now watch this. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. So Jesus here is teaching us about anger. He wants us to go deep. He wants us to settle matters quickly. This is the way of Jesus. Now, whenever we present a truth, we never present it in condemnation. So if you're in a place in your life here today where you have held on to bitterness, unforgiveness, you have things in your life you've been holding on to that you need to release, the fact that we're speaking of this truth is not condemning for you. That's not how the Spirit of God works. God simply wants to illuminate this area of your life that he wants you to deal with. But it's clear he wants you to deal with it. Don't leave it. Don't sweep it under the rug again. Don't hinder the work of God in your life because you refuse to hold on to this thing. Listen, here's what, here's what um, other passages said, said, say in the Bible. 1 Samuel 16 says this, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God is looking at your heart right now. He's trying to open it up and expose your heart right now. And there's a warning for those of us who won't deal with our hearts. Matthew 23 says this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs. They look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside they're full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Here's what Proverbs has to say. Guard your heart, for everything that you do flows from it. The purposes of the heart, Proverbs says, are like deep waters. The wise person will draw them out. So today, here's our challenge. Yes, Jesus was talking about literal anger, but now at the higher level, at the figurative level, at, at the big picture level, Jesus is saying this, will you draw out the deep waters of your heart today? 
I want the deep waters. I, I, I don't want you coming in and having a surface level experience this morning at Hope Church, God would say. I want to pull back the veneer. I want to look under the surface and I want you to pull in the deep things of your heart. Pull them up out of there. Now, for some of us, it's relatively easy. You have something against somebody or somebody has something against you and you have refused to go and make it right. Relatively easy. Go make it right. God's word to you today, go make it right. But for others of us here today, it's a little more complex, a little more nuanced. You have some deep waters in your heart that aren't going to be just like a quick decision to go make it right with somebody. I can do that relatively easy. It's not, it's, you know, it's not fun, but I can set up coffee with you and we can sit down and I can say, I'm sorry. I can, I can do what I need to do there. But for some of us, the deep waters of our hearts are a little bit more complex. And I think the, the, the encouragement of God here today is that you would finally go and get those waters, pull them up out of your heart, and let him heal those waters. And the only way you're going to do that is through talking to somebody. Reach out to the church. Talk to one of our pastors. We have uh, a handful of people connected to Hope Church who are trained, professionally trained, to walk with you to explore the deeper parts of your life that need to be pulled up out and, heal, and, and see the healing of God. Go and talk to somebody. Maybe you have anger that's so close to the surface that all it takes is somebody not using their blinker and you're losing it. Go and talk to somebody. Figure out what's happening there. One of the healthiest things you can do is go and talk with somebody who can draw out the deep waters of your heart. This is what Jesus is after. This is the abundant life. It's not about coming and pretending like everything's okay and looking good and smelling good on Sunday mornings and you know, drinking coffee and eating pancakes and just hanging out and smiling on your face and, and all of that. It's about pulling back the covers and letting God deal with the inside. This is the heart of God for us today. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831 800 Thanks again for tuning in.